are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, everybody, we got to give my guy Marcus Mosier a shout out here. He has returned to the show. Goodness gracious, we've all missed you so much, Marcus. Congratulations. Welcome your baby girl to the Locked On family. How excited are you and how tired are you today? Uh, oh, I'm exhausted, but thank you so much. Uh, she, you know, one of the first things that she did as soon as uh, she was born is she watched some football with me. So she's already getting, uh, you know, sucked into this football world and we're going to make a dynasty player out of her. Don't you worry at all. Love it. Uh, but Kate, I'm excited to talk about week 15 because there was a lot of fun football that we got to see on Sunday. There was. I, I feel like week 15 was a bit of a roller coaster, but we learned plenty. We we have lots of stuff to talk about. We've got, uh, of course, week 15 to review. We've got some stock up, stock down, and, of course, my favorite, stash or cash. Uh, but obviously, your baby is is a stash, is what I, Absolutely. Yes. I assessed. Okay, excellent. <laughs> I'm glad we're all on the same page there. I hope there won't be too much debate on Twitter about that hot take. Let's it's just Twitter. You never know, though. People people will always uh, you know find a contrarian point there. So. Oh my gosh! Well, I I never thought that last week after talking about Derrick Henry as a top three dynasty running back that I would get so much flack. So let's just dive into Derrick Henry because sure, I'm still a little bit heated. I I said it last week, had a whole rant about it about Derrick Henry being a top three running back in dynasty, and I feel like. I still can't figure out much of a reason why he wouldn't be, right? Because he produces um, undoubtedly more than, God, anybody. Um, He's just bananas. He's absolutely bananas. Uh, I don't care about his age. I know he is old, but he doesn't have quite as many miles on the tires. What did you think about that take? And then how do we look at him uh, from week 15, because you noted before the show, people were <laughs> disappointed in Derrick Henry's performance this week, which is absolutely bonkers. Let's dive in. Yeah, I think that you know you have a special player here when you have Derrick Henry go for 150 yards and a touchdown, and it's like, eh, I wish you could have done more. I was expecting him to do more. I mean, that's that's the kind of player we're looking at right now. And to be fair, it's not all that crazy because Kate look over the last 33 games for Derrick Henry in the regular season he's averaging over 115 yards in a touchdown adding another 10 yards in the passing game so you are looking at somebody whose floor every week now is about 120 yards in a touchdown and we've seen time and time again he's capable of 200 yards in multiple touchdowns in any single game uh, he's just absolutely incredible uh, as we were kind of getting ready for the show today I was researching I think one of the things that makes Derrick Henry so much fun is every time that we get into December, he just starts going on a tear. Oh, Lord. In 20 career 
uh, games in December. He's at 1,900 rushing yards, 21 touchdowns, adding in another 200 yards uh, in the passing game and another touchdown. So 20 career December games, 22 touchdowns, almost or over 2,000 yards. Just an absolute animal. And again, because of the consistency, because of the offense, because of the workload, there's just not a lot of guys that I would take ahead of him. And I think at the very worst, he's a top five dynasty running back, even at his age. And I think you can make a case that he should be much higher than that. So here's the thing. So everybody says, well, I want to I want to sell Derrick Henry before he starts to lose some of that production value. Mm-hmm. But I think the issue is that nobody is willing. It's not like you can sell Derrick Henry for a top three dynasty price. And I think that's what people are missing. Like, it's not as though you have a Christian McCaffrey whose true value right now is still RB1, right? Or a Dalvin Cook where it's arguably RB1, RB2. No, Derrick Henry is still, uh, he's producing as an RB1, but he is still being valued uh, below market value there. So I think you, you have to look at Derrick Henry and say, you know, so the the general consensus is that people want to sell before he dips off. Well, regardless of when you're selling, you're still selling him below his actual value. So right away. The other away, thing is, too, with the, the injuries, though, I mean, you, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. Those are guys that have both battled injuries in their career. Not something that's happened to Derrick Henry. And that's not to say that it can't happen because we know that running back position, you just take a ton of hits. Um, but you know, Henry's been somebody who's been pretty healthy so far in his NFL career. I mean, I feel like pretty healthy is even putting it mildly. I, he's had, uh, he's in his fifth season now. In the four seasons entering 2020, only missed two career games. And I think both of those games were like at the end of the season. Yes. You know, trying to just preserve him for the playoffs or whatever. Yeah, and I, I think that. That fact is just so, so underrated. He is on pace to complete a full season yet again. It's not like we see him even really get banged up. Knock on wood. Nope. But it's just what he has managed to accomplish is so incredible. And he is the most undervalued back in Dynasty football. And I will rest my hat on that. One thing before we move on. So last year, I know a lot of people were really excited about what he did. 1,500 yards, 16 touchdowns. Excuse me, 1,700 total yards and 18 touchdowns. He actually already has more total yards this season. He's just under 1,800. He's got 15 touchdowns coming up. Uh, he's got 15 touchdowns. He plays the Green Bay Packers coming up. That's what I meant to say. See, the sleep is already catching up to me. Um uh, he just continues to improve every single year. And uh, we've seen now his rushing yards go up. He still is averaging 5.2 yards per carry the most of his career. He's an absolute rock star. And I'm, I'm probably just not trading him now unless I'm getting a, you know, just a ton back. And I don't think anybody's going to do that right now for Derrick Henry. No, but how crazy is it that he's performing at this level and you can't sell him for top dollar? That's what's I, maddening I mean, to me. That's why dynasty football is so much fun. It's because these guys' value change so much. Once you see that age twenty six for a running back, it seems like everybody just gets scared off. But I think Derrick Henry is a little bit of a different breed. Yes, he absolutely is. And you know what? That is sort of a that's a lesson that that I have needed to learn in dynasty. I, I tweeted it the other day. You get so hyped up on you know just the youth factor. I'm in a dynasty basketball league right now. Uh, it was a startup last season. 
I was absolutely um, demolished in all of the group chats because you know what? I took, uh, let's see, I took uh, Mark Ingram, uh, Kenyon Drake, mm. <laughs> Jordan Howard. <laughs> I got some good pieces. I got some good young pieces yeah. like Deontay Johnson, <laughs> but I grabbed Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, and guess what? <laughs> I am on my way to the Dynasty uh, Best Ball Finals with that Love team. It. And... It, I got there with a bunch of old men. So, you know what? Like, let's <laughs> let's not always forget that just that push for the playoffs. Like, you always want to know. Yes. Uh, you, you always want to go for the win. Don't overvalue the youth. Sometimes I just think we get so hyped up in what could have been in Dynasty that we forget to value the actual studs that we have when they're in their prime. Anyway, that's my that is my rant. I think the other thing we need to talk about this week Jalen Hurts had an absolute fantastic game. Uh, words out of Philly is that, uh, surprise, surprise, Carson Wentz is not happy about that. Could want out of uh, Philly if they don't name him the starter. And with the way Jalen Hurts is playing, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Do you? No, and I think from a dynasty perspective, we got to start really considering Jalen Hurts um, you know, potentially as a top 10 quarterback, because what we've seen over the last two weeks, 505 passing yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions, fantastic. But adding in 169 yards and a touchdown on the ground, uh, I, I mean, he, I don't, their play styles aren't similar, so don't come at me with this. But in terms of production, you can see like a Josh Allen type of thing going here where you get the best of both worlds with a ton of passing volume, but you also get that rushing floor every week where you know he's a lock to get 30 or 40 rushing yards. And all of a sudden, this is somebody in, a, I still think, a pretty talented offense that uh, becomes very valuable. So I'm... I don't see any way that Jalen Hurts isn't the starter going into 2021 for Philadelphia. There's just no way that they can go back to Carson Wentz. Uh, he just looks completely broken. So if you gambled on Jalen Hurts in your rookie draft late or you picked him up in free agency, you might have a, a top 10, maybe even maybe even higher than that going into uh, the 2021 season. Oh, yeah. You had the, the comp to Josh Allen. Completion percentage has been sitting at 55%. So, hey, we might not be too far off there. He does have some wheels. And I will say, like, the the best part of watching him play football has been uh, just the the potential he's created for comebacks, right? Like, we saw him close out that game against Green Bay, almost brought the team back somehow until Aaron Jones scored that touchdown that made it impossible. But yesterday against Kyler Murray, who was earlier this season regarded as an MVP candidate, mm -hmm. really, really came close. It was just the Hail Mary was just like a, t a hair off. <laughs> um, he he seems like a very clutch player. And that's something yeah. that yep. I think we haven't seen from Carson Wentz. He hasn't been clutch. And I think that that is going to be the, the way the tides are changing. How exciting for dynasty managers. We've got, uh, you know, this awesome class of quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts coming out. We've got uh, Justin Herbert, who, you know, also worth talking about, is a top 10 dynasty quarterback at this point. Do you disagree? Mm -hmm. No, I don't disagree at all. Uh, can I, one more thing on Jalen Hurts before we move on. Just 
I, I, I know we want, we want to talk about this rookie class of quarterbacks, but as a pure prospect coming into the draft, he was everything that you wanted from a dynasty perspective. The breakout age was in the 100th percentile. Uh, the yards per attempt passing was fantastic. Uh, the athleticism ran a 4.59 at the NFL Combine. Uh, put up huge numbers in two different systems. Uh, spark athlete, you know, one of the better spark athletes we've seen from a quarterback. So we shouldn't be surprised that he's performing well in the NFL because we've seen it now twice in college. We've seen it in the big stage. We've seen him win a national championship. Uh, this isn't all that surprising to me. So I just wanted to throw that in there, Kate. I love it. I, I think um, Philly's definitely, they've got a big problem. <laughs> like, I'll just say yeah. that. I think that's the best yeah. way to phrase this. Uh, if they've found a solution in Jalen Hurts, they have found a major, major problem because I don't know where they're going to move Carson Wentz. I don't. I I talked a little bit about it without you last week. Like, if you could pick one destination for Carson Wentz that would increase his dynasty value the most, what's your pick? I mean, I think the easy answer is probably Indianapolis because he gets reunited with Frank Wright behind a pretty good offensive line with you know uh, some you know pretty talented teams, but. What about Denver, right? Uh, John Elway likes these tall quarterbacks with big arms that maybe are not that good. Uh, but they've got a lot of <laughs> weapons out there with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and K.J. Hamler. That's a team with, you know, that I think is ready to have a competent quarterback. We've seen Carson Wentz at least be that in the past. I think that's a situation where maybe they bring in Wentz and let him compete with Locke. I think that makes a little bit of sense. I do think that's actually a pretty interesting um, interesting place because I do feel like outside of the quarterback position, they have done a really good job of just building uh, building up the rest of the team. I Like the defense, without some key pieces, and they're still absolutely uh, not quite as dominant as they could be. But, God, they're without Von Miller, and they still look like a competent NFL defense. And I feel like he was just such a big – he was the guy for that Broncos defense. Like, I felt like the defense ran through him, but they still looked that good. And then you're right, like the, the number of offensive weapons, goodness gracious. I, I think they could be in a really good spot, especially if, um, you know, if we get to the point where, I don't know, maybe there is a, a little quarterback competition. I like that. That's good because Drew Locke needs some because there's just no way that we can go into year three of Drew Locke and, you know, and not have competition there. There's nothing that we've seen so far in his career that suggests he's going to be anything more than a middling quarterback. So bring somebody in. I, I know the cap hit's not great, but uh, at, at least give him some competition there in Denver. Yeah, I, I think that could be that could be the move. Um, should we get into stock up, stock down? Yeah, let's do it. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each included a uniquely beautiful commitment ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It is a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. 
If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. All right, Marcus, let's get into some stock up, stock down candidates. Uh, First guy in your list for today, David Montgomery. We called it. We called this breakout uh, a few weeks ago. We knew the matchup was going to be juicy. But does what he's been accomplishing change anything that you're thinking about David Montgomery? Because we had all but written him off heading into 2020. No, I would, no, I would, I would really, really encourage people, people to go back and listen to our podcast, podcast from, I believe, three, three weeks ago, right after that, that uh, Green Bay game where he had a long run, run there. there. Uh, we uh, said, we look said, at the look schedule, schedule coming up. He plays he Detroit, Detroit. He plays he Houston, Houston. He plays Minnesota. Those are three of the worst run defenses in the NFL. He's going to put up some monster numbers. The touchdowns have also been nice. Five touchdowns over the last four games. He also added another one to the passing game. Uh, he's, he's fine, fine but, but I don't, I don't believe, believe he is a RB1. And I think, and I think if you look at their schedule, schedule again, the next two weeks at Jacksonville and against Green Bay, Bay he's, he's going, going to put, put up some, some big, big numbers. numbers. So, so ride, ride this wave into, into the 2021 offseason. Off let people let hype, hype him up and then trade him because I don't believe this is somebody that's ever going to be a top 12, 13 dynasty running back. I've seen through the Twitter sphere, I've seen a lot of people Um, either asking for an apology on David Montgomery's behalf or issuing that apology uh, in their lack of belief in him. But I I think this is one of those things where we can't get too reactionary. We need to remember uh, David Montgomery is still David Montgomery. Exactly. Um, Exactly. He's still blah. He's mayonnaise, right? right. He's mayonnaise, which is delicious in the right circumstance. In In this case, the right matchup. But guess what? If e- nobody just eats mayonnaise, exactly, it, it needs it's, it's a, not the uh, feature. It's not the entree. It's just a, it's a just nice a, little yes. side piece, right? right? Yes, David Montgomery is a condiment, <laughs> not a not a sandwich, not Love a it. submarine, not a panini. He is doing good. He's doing a good job, though, of at least being competent, right? And that's what we wanted to see. If you're if you're a dynasty value or dynasty player who's held on to David Montgomery through this really tough stretch over the last you know year and a half, to at least see him being functional. Functionable and startable, startable every, every week is encouraging. encouraging, and that's why that's he's a why stock he's up. But I do but think I do he's going to be somebody you're going to want to sell this offseason. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe uh, that that safe floor makes him more of like a Chipotle mayo. There you right? go. There you go. Okay. Like it. Like it. Glad glad we got our our condiments uh, on on board here. How about Ezekiel Elliott? Hmm. Uh, we saw Tony Pollard come in yesterday. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was a. a for me, at least, a surprise scratch. Uh, no, he's been dealing with the calf injury. It sounds like he, uh, you know, uh, decompensated a little bit over the past yep, week. Yep. But the team yep, still yep. said they expected him to play. And then guess what? He wasn't inactive. Sounds like the calf tightened up a bit uh, heading into warmups. But you know what? Tony Pollard came out and he looked like a different running back. He looked mm. like Ezekiel Elliott like three years ago. So this is going to be interesting interesting for Zeke Zeke because I think think a lot of people people want the Cowboys Cowboys to turn over the backfield to Tony Pollard because, because, you know, he's been so dynamic. dynamic. He had 31 points yesterday. yesterday. The last time Ezekiel Elliott had a 31-point game in fantasy was week 14 of 2018. 
All the advanced numbers on Tony Pollard are fantastic. Number one in yards after carry per attempt. Number one in force missed tackles. Fourth in, in pro football focuses rushing grade. I think, I think ultimately, ultimately what's going to happen, happen here, here is, is in 2021, 2021 you're going to see the Cowboys, Cowboys use more, more of Tony, Tony Pollard, Pollard, probably a 60-40, 65-35 split. Um, and while and that's while good for the Cowboys, Cowboys that's not good for Ezekiel Elliott. You'd rather have the Cowboys cut him and get a full-time job somewhere else than rather have rather than having him be part of a committee backfield because I just don't think he's going to provide that much value. So going into the year, he was considered a locked top five dynasty running back. I think by the time we get to 2021, he might not even be in the top 20 because there's just no upside there with, you know, there's only two 20-yard runs all season long. Tony Pollard has four. Uh, he does, he's not overly dynamic in the passing game. His goal line efficiency has decreased. So, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, one of the biggest losers of the 2020 season by far. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Um, I, I, you know, didn't have a ton of Ezekiel Elliott shares heading into the season. But um, if you're the Ezekiel Elliott manager, what are you what are you looking for in terms of trade value? A nice, a nice warm, warm sandwich. sandwich. I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know, Kate. I mean, we, let's, let's pull up some trades. trades. We, we, we talked, talked about some of these before the show. The show. Uh, we've uh, seen we've some seen people trade Zeke for like a Mike, Mike Evans, Evans and a Mike, Mike Williams, Williams package. package. Uh, we uh, saw an Austin, Austin Hooper and Saquon, Saquon Barkley package, package which, which you'll take that every any time. Nick Chubb for Zeke and two second round picks. I like that, especially if you can get Nick Chubb. I think Miles Sanders for Ezekiel Elliott is interesting, interesting because those are both two disappointing, disappointing NFC East running backs. Maybe Jalen Hurts saves, saves the value, value of, uh, of uh, Miles Sanders, Sanders, but that's, that's the, type the type of player you're looking, you're looking for right now. now. Somebody, somebody in that, in that 10, 10 to 15, 15 range, range that's young, young that maybe hasn't, hasn't quite broken out yet. It's just it's gotten that bad for Zeke. It's definitely not looking pretty. How about another uh, stock up candidate, Brandon Ayuk, yes, uh, wide receiver for the 49ers? I talked about him last week. I feel like I, I need to have you come on. I need to just break down the podcast from last week because uh, <laughs> I was talking to myself and I really just want I want to bounce all these things off of you because Brandon Ayuk has been absolute fire and nobody is talking about him. Why? Well, I think partly this thing happened in the beginning of the season where he just didn't do a lot because he was banged up and he did, you know was on a team that had Debo Samuel and George Kittle and stuff. But it seems like in the dynasty community, breaking out early in the season is more valuable than breaking out later in the season. And I use Chase Claypool for an example, right? Claypool had some big games early in the season, and all of a sudden he shot up into the top 15 of wide receiver ranks for Dynasty. Brandon Ayuk has actually now outperformed him through the entire season, but people just haven't really noticed. I think he's going to become pretty clearly the number one receiver there in San Francisco. Some of the plays that he made yesterday against the Cowboys were unreal. So if you're asking me how many receivers from the 2020 draft would I take over him, it's Justin Jefferson, and that might be it. I, I love Brandon Ayuk, Kate. I love Brandon Ayuk, and I'm just I'm I'm so um, my mind is is sort of reeling at just the fact that you know every time we see a a breakout it it takes over my entire Twitter feed um, yeah. with just clips stats everything but you know what Brandon Ayuk is just a guy that I'm not 
I'm not seeing enough about. He um, is currently so. For reference, I'm looking at at Dynasty League Football's uh, wide receiver rankings. Um, in the top ten, we have Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb. Do you have any? Uh, oh, sorry, T. Higgins, uh, wide mm. receiver fifteen. See, that one's interesting. T. Higgins, wide receiver fifteen. Can you give me a, a guesstimate of where you think Brandon Ayuk is in these rankings? Uh, he probably should be like 17, 18. He is listed as the wide receiver 28 in Dynasty rankings. that's far too rankings. low. That's, that's way too low. You have Jalen Rager sitting at wide receiver 22. Mm, Jerry no, Judy. See, that's too low. Yeah, all of the yeah. So this is the list of 2020 wideouts ahead of him uh, in current rankings: Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Jalen Rager, Jerry Judy, T. Higgins. That's not that's not reality. Brandon Ayuk is the wide receiver two of this class, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I would agree. Um, obviously, I'm a huge C.D. Lamb fan. I think he's going to be really good. But he's in an offense with Amari Cooper, with a lot of running backs. Uh, I, I don't know what the ceiling is there, but Brandon Ayuk in a Kyle Shanahan offense where we've seen before that number one receiver can put up monster, monster numbers. I'm in. I, I think at the very worst, he should be a top 20 dynasty receiver. We can have a lot of conversations like, would you rather have a Chris Goblin over a Brandon Ayuk? Because I think I would rather have Ayuk. Uh, or a Terry McLaurin. I think that's even fascinating because I like the offense better in San Francisco than Washington. So uh, I, I think top 20 is conservative, but I think I could certainly talk myself into top 15 here for Brandon Ayuk. Oh, absolutely. And last but not least, I do want to touch on uh, a couple of trades. So I pulled up um, while investigating Brandon Ayuk on DynastyLeagueFootball.com, pulled up some trades, recent trades involving Brandon Ayuk. These are all from the last week. Uh, Brandon Ayuk for Robbie Anderson in a 2021 second. Oh, Ayuk, not even close. Not even close. How about not this? Not even close. Brandon Ayuk, a 2021 first and second, a 2022 first for Justin Jefferson. Is the gap that big? No. No, absolutely not. No. Now, if it was, if it was Brandon Ayuk in a 2021 first for Justin Jefferson. I'm thinking about it, but I'm <laughs> I, even then. I, I'm not, it's not an instant yes, but yeah, that's that's way too much. But that's what that like. I would expect if that's the kind of package. If you're getting two first round picks and a second, I'm expecting the the wide receiver piece in that equation to be. Um, I I don't know. Like who haven't we heard much from this year? I I would expect that to be maybe a Jalen Rager who you know has shown a couple of flashes, but hasn't shown us production Brandon Ayuk has been a top 12 wide receiver so I'm not I I know people love Justin Jefferson and so do I but do people realize that over the last six games Brandon Ayuk has more receptions more yards and more touchdowns I mean I don't think think anybody realizes how just how good Ayuk has been in the last month and a half I am so, so hyped on Brandon Ayuk but I wanted to highlight those trades because I want people to realize that Brandon Ayuk isn't being valued properly right now, and this right. is the time to buy. Um, how about let's let's get into some stash or cash? Uh, but first, we will uh, take a short break. Are you ready for some football? 
We are in college bowl season. The NFL playoffs are getting closer and closer. And there's only one place where you should be putting your bets, and that is at betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at, at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, they have all the top games. They have college games, parlays, teasers, props, whatever you're into, betonline.ag has it. Again, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, we are going to get into uh, two of our favorite stash or cash candidates. Marcus, what are you doing with Logan Thomas? Tight end so for the Washington really- football team, if you, you are unfamiliar, but <laughs> I hope you are familiar because Logan Thomas, if you were able to snag him off the waiver wire, he might be uh, part of that equation to get you to a, a championship this year. Like, he's been that good. Well, what's so funny is I play in a lot of Devi leagues where you're drafting guys you know, like early on in college, and I remember when Logan Thomas was at Virginia Tech and he was a quarterback and as a freshman he had a huge year and he was going really high because people thought this was like the the next Dante Culpepper in the NFL so it's fascinating how he's transitioned from a quarterback who got drafted by the Cardinals uh, to now a pretty solid tight end and in the NFL where we have just a few competent tight ends you know you've got your three superstars in Travis Kelsey Darren Waller and George Kittle Mark Andrews is number four and then it really drops off Logan Thomas is making the case that he should be a top six or seven tight end over the last four weeks uh, 262 receiving yards and two touchdowns he also gets some work in the passing game he had a 28-yard completion uh, against Dallas a few weeks ago. He does some quarterback sneaks for Washington. Uh, he really had a breakout game against Seattle, 13 receptions for 101 yards. For a guy that's really learning the position, I've been impressed. He's he's having a nice little season. He's on pace for 650 yards and six touchdowns. Considering the state of that tight end position, I'm probably stashing him, hoping that he continues to develop. Well, I think what uh, what we have to be super excited about for Logan Thomas is just the fact that he has performed, uh, despite the fact that there's been a lot of quarterback turnover there in Washington this season. This has not been a high-flying offense. This hasn't been no, an overly no. productive offense. So the fact that they've been able to look to Logan Thomas for just really consistent production uh, and the lack of, uh, you know, that absence of playmakers, it didn't matter. You know, Antonio Gibson on the field, he he was still able to make some plays. I, I do think that he's he's an intriguing option, and it really comes down to the fact that we've just we've seen him perform under really a, a very wide variety of circumstances for that team mm-hmm. this season. Very intriguing. Last but not least, let's get to one more stash or cash mm-hmm. before we head out. Lynn Bowden Jr., 17 receptions for 160 yards. Is that over the last three games? Over the last three games. Um, this one, yeah, this one's really interesting, Kate, because the Raiders, the Raiders drafted Lynn Bowden in the third round of this year's draft. And before he even took a snap in the NFL, they traded him for just some late day three picks. So they were just completely out on Lynn Bowden. And that's 
fascinating to me considering this is somebody who was the Paul Horning Award winner in the SEC for the most valuable player uh, and the most versatile player. Uh, he is starting to become an electric part of this Dolphins offense. It, we saw them uh, running some reverses and you know just putting him as a running back and just getting him the ball. I think Bowden is a stash because he's probably the most athletic running back on that team. We're seeing them use him in the passing game. We know how dynamic of a runner he can be. Is he going to be a top 10 dynasty running back ever? No, absolutely not. But can he be somebody who is a fillable and startable RB2 because of the passing game volume? I think so. And for somebody who was probably sitting on your waivers three weeks, four weeks ago, I think he's somebody you want to hold on to because the athleticism and the role is is a lot of fun. Well, and I think that the interesting thing, so obviously this depends on your league platform, but look at the dual eligibility there for the wide receiver and running back position. I mean, this guy has been much more involved as a receiver uh, for the Dolphins this year than he has been as a rusher, and you get to slot him in as a running back. We cannot, those positional mismatches, like that's why it was so exciting when uh, Taysom Hill, you could slot him Mm. in as a tight end because that that makes a huge difference. Like sometimes if you're short at at running back, I mean, it's always going to be way easier to stream the wide receiver position because those guys are available uh, on waivers. But to slot a guy like this into a running back or wide receiver position, that versatility automatically bumps his value in dynasty leagues as long as he can keep that dual eligibility i think he's a buy is there any concern that he might lose some of that that dual eligibility in fantasy leagues as a running back and wide receiver probably not because he is somebody who was drafted as a receiver um but i think most of his snaps are coming as a running back and out of the backfield and i think sites like espn and yahoo are recognizing that he's playing all over he's really like the the new version of cordero patterson um i just think he's going to be somebody who gets more volume than patterson so if he can get you 60 yards and five receptions every week hey you'll take that from a you know a spot start as an rb2 get you double digit points in fantasy maybe he scores a touchdown every now and then is it somebody you're going to build your team around no but again, for a season or, you know, for a team that uh, really needs help at running back, he can absolutely help you out. Yeah. And he is a uh, he's, you know, a interesting uh, guy that like I feel like I could have talked about him for promotion commotion last week. Like he's yeah, not exactly he's not a, 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 you know, a starter in most fantasy lineups. So somebody definitely to keep an eye on as we uh, proceed through this offseason and sort of as we see. Um, You know, obviously the Dolphins offense is really banged up right now. I think it's going to be super interesting to see as they get healthy through the offseason, you know, how the how the dominoes fall there in Miami. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us today on this dynasty podcast. We are so happy to have you, Marcus. We're so happy to have you back. I'm sure our listeners are as well. Um, everybody, please give me a follow on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow Marcus at Marcus underscore Mosher. That's M-O-S-H-E-R. And be sure to follow our Twitter account at LockedOnDynasty. Everybody, good luck this week. Uh, let's hope that everybody wins their Monday matchups so we can get you all to the fantasy football championship.